Hello, it's Cam. Welcome back to This Might Be Helpful. I am sincerely stoked that you are here. Today's episode is brought to you by the This Might Be Helpful community. If you enjoy what I do here and you would like to engage with more of this content and take an active role in its co-creation within a community of expansive, curious, like-minded people, then come on by to the This Might Be Helpful community and vibe out. We've got live streams, bonus podcasts, extra content, Q&As, member discussions, and a whole bunch more. So come over, say hi, make yourself known. Without further ado, let's dive in. Hey, it's Cam. Welcome back to another episode of This Might Be Helpful, and I sincerely hope that it is. I hope that this one is helpful for those days. Those days that make us say, ah, it's been one of those days. And I think that it's such a universal experience. It's such a universal description. All we have to say is one of those days and we get it. It's when motivation is low, stress is high, tension is high, the nervous system is activated, it's charged up and it's ready to go, but not in a direction that we want to go. Usually in a direction that it's just already going. That limbic system, that uh, comfort-seeking primal, lustful, desiring, feeling intense system, survival system, the foundation of how we got here, the thing that helped us evolve, it is the driver behind those days. I'm going to read out a post in the community by one of our friends, Alex who says, I'm having one of those days where if you say, if I had stayed in bed watching Netflix all day, it would have been more productive. I woke up tired, feeling quite low without any motivation. I started working, but I couldn't concentrate at all. Tried to change to a more creative task, but my creativity tank was completely empty. At some point, I decided to stop and meditate for a while to recalibrate, and after 10 to 15 minutes, I started to feel better, more refreshed, but all of a sudden, a freaking fly decided that my ear was the best place to fly around, which scared the hell out of me. And everything that I had accomplished with the meditation was gone. After that, I tried to continue working, but I couldn't get anything done. And if that wasn't enough, my boss decided to give me a ton more work. So at this point, I'm completely frustrated, exhausted, motivationless, and negative. Now I know that it's just a day, it's natural to have these types of days, and I'm completely fine with it, but it made me think that all of us have these days from time to time, and it would be nice if anyone has any tips or advice to share them in the comments so that we can benefit from them next time this happens to any of us. Of course, it would also be good to get advice from Cameron about this. I was going to ask this in the Q&A for the podcast, as I think it would be a great subject, but I thought that getting more people involved would be beneficial for all of us, including you as well, as I'm pretty sure, not 100% though, that you're also human and have one of those days once in a while. My friend, I have those days um, frequently enough to where I'm not even sure if I call them one of those days, because that implies a level of scarcity that makes those small numbers notable, but really, I, I have those days frequently... They're the reason for the practice. They're the reason I do so much of what I do. The practice is one of reducing suffering, enhancing joy, taking steps towards enlightenment for the benefit of all sentience. But we can't think about sentience and all of it if we haven't thought about ourselves first. 
I also want to say thank you for sharing this. This is what is epic about community and why I light up when I get in there. It's because to heal in community, to express yourself and uh, drop the facade, drop the mask for a moment, you see that everybody else wants to drop that mask too. And it's an act of, of bravery, but rolling with that intention is how we can really grow because it's not a thing to do alone. Any idea of doing something alone is also an illusion because we're not alone. I mean, we are in the sense that we are this universal consciousness, this witness to everything. And there is that, the, the core foundation of this experience that we share. And it can feel alone, but we really feel alone when our thoughts have nowhere to go, when the experience that we are going through is completely unwitnessed. Because when it's unwitnessed, it's, when it hasn't been observed, it's hard to know what it is. But observation chisels meaning out of the void. It helps to identify and characterized so that we can you know, think our way towards understanding more of this reality and balance that with feeling our way deeper and deeper into this reality. And I know I've already become distracted, but I wanted to say thank you, Alex, for posting this. And also that um, it's such a good question that I decided to not only do a Q&A, but just create the whole episode off of this. I'm going to say a couple of things and then I'm going to balance that out with suggestions from the community because we have those days for sure. And anybody that doesn't, they're probably not listening to this podcast. So <laughs> we are at one. We are unified in our periodic discomfort of existence. When we have low motivation and we have low mood, it's likely we have low dopamine. So it does help to uh, become aware and become honest with our neurochemical foundation, what's going on in our bodies because we can apply all of the thought processes and experiments we want to these situations. But if our chemistry is off or not where we'd like it to be, then it is far more difficult to recalibrate your thoughts, recalibrate the way that you're looking at things and to change the, those patterns of thinking. We can manually change our thoughts moment to moment, bit by bit, brick by brick. But if we use the body to change the foundation of that chemistry, then that will change the foundation of energy that thoughts arise from, which makes it easier for us to not only just change our thoughts in the moment, but change the way that we are thinking. Not just a slight recalibration, but a totally different perspective, a totally different way of thinking. And don't think that you can't. You can. Like you have a brain with hundreds of billions trillions of synaptic connections. That is not a linear pathway. That is not one single way of doing things. It is quite remarkable just how narrow our worldview can become through consolidated stress, trauma, um, you know, survival. The aperture of our awareness just gets tighter and tighter and tighter until we don't see what is possible. We don't see how things could be. It's when the notion of positive self-talk and positive thinking makes you just want to say, fuck off. How about that? And we can have those days too. We are diverse. We contain multitudes. You can 
absolutely be spiritual and connected and raw and authentic. And you can meditate and you can also go, fuck, my screen time is high. It's the age we live in, my friends. So recognize when you got low motivation, low mood, it's low dopamine. And before I go forwards here, because I'm going to approach this from a couple of different perspectives, surrender and discipline. It's this beautiful loop. Shout out to Tommy Moore, my good friend. He'll be coming on this podcast soon. Actually, we got a little secret special project coming out soon as well. But Tommy was the first one to introduce me to this um, infinite flow between surrender and discipline, surrender and discipline. And at first I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's cool. And it took a while for it to really sink in because we hold a concept in our mind as learned knowledge. And as we go through life, holding certain concepts in our mind, philosophy, different schools of thought, frameworks for engaging experience allows us to use those things in a tangible way that etches them into the nervous system to be held there as truth. And that's when it becomes earned knowledge. That's when that wisdom is in the body, is acceptance as a overarching notion and concept. You can go, okay, yeah, okay, accept, you know, stop arguing, just deal with things as they are. But as you begin to use acceptance, practice acceptance day by day, moment to moment, whether it's with tiny little things, uh, getting stuck in line at the grocery store or the self-checkout machine just not registering anything and basically calling you out for being a criminal. It could be slow traffic and people not moving as quickly as they should be, or it can be existential dread and just catatonic anxiety. Acceptance is something that helps us to neutralize the resistance we have to anything that emerges in reality. Because acceptance is withdrawing the personal offense out of things so that we can uh, dynamically adapt and flow with what is rather than what appears to be. So back to surrender and discipline. Low motivation, low dopamine, low mood. We are attached to motivation because that motivation is attached to our level of productivity, our level of output. We associate that with our ability to work, generate income, generate status, generate a place and a reason for being within society. And so it's not just, I have low motivation, uh, it's I have low motivation. And then those trillions of little synaptic connections are following these pathways of attachment to all of these different domains so that they trigger this domino effect of mental states without us really being aware of all of those states, without being aware of all of those attachments. Because if we had no attachment to motivation and motivation wasn't attached to all of those things, the definition and characterization of that feeling wouldn't be so uh, painful to us, so mildly uncomfortable, let's just say. Because when we're do when we're lacking motivation, we'll do just about anything to try and get motivated, except for the things that will generate that motivation, which is action. The motivation will follow the action. But the two trains of thought here are that you don't always have to do that. Surrender and discipline. There are times to use that discipline to kick yourself into gear and say, "Come on, brother, get a move on." All right, you got people waiting on you. And then there are times to say, "Well, well, none of this matters at all." 
And I can surrender and feel my way back into a place of security without needing to do it for any type of societal outcome. It's not an obligation that I become motivated. It's a desire. And I can allow myself to release the attachment to that desire, release the attachment to motivation, surrender into this moment, and guide my behavior towards a more serotonergic state rather than dopamine. And by serotonergic, I mean serotonin, the neurochemical that wants to extend this moment, it wants to go deep into the right now. And serotonin is where we sit with a nice warm cup of tea or watch a sunset, vibe out on the couch with a comfy pillow and your favorite album, Keep Me Here. And the paradox of this is that when we're searching and searching and searching for dopamine, we can go the opposite route and settle into the moment, settle into that serotonin, which will allow that dopamine to start building up again, start to fill up those vesicles so that we have some stores at our disposal at our our use building up resources like if we're looking for dopamine as a resource we're spending and spending and spending these resources trying to find the dopamine without seeing that um that expenditure doesn't come from nowhere it does come from somewhere and so even the search for motivation takes energy and we exhaust ourselves looking for a feeling and spending the neurochemical resources that might actually contribute to that feeling. So if I have mild brain fog, a little bit of haziness, I've woken up tired as I usually do, that brain fog, that mist, that can be burned away. You know, a little bit of movement, a little bit of heat generated from within, that will clear that brain fog away and I will be back to a place of actionable clarity. But Burnout is different. Burnout is more of a restorative need. Like burnout is when you really are struggling to make any decision. Like brain fog is like, uh, which one should I go for? But burnout is getting hung up on simple things, getting distracted to the point of stress and anxiety. When we have that, it really is an indication to just take a back step zoom out, remind ourselves of the scope of life and the scope of experience. Realize, become aware of what we do and do not need to do, what we should and should not be focusing on, just because through that process of consciously becoming aware of what we can control and what we want to control, we can unburden ourselves from the other maybe unseen things vying for our attention, taking up our cognitive bandwidth, close some of the applications. So discipline and surrender. If it's a bit of brain fog, you can move through that with a bit of discipline, compassionate discipline, not discipline from the perspective of maybe like David Goggins or Jocko Willing, but discipline in the sense that form equals function and form equals freedom. We have this energy contained in this body. And with a little bit of discipline, I can start to activate that entire nervous system, send that energy away from my chest, away from my mind, and towards every other circuit lining this cosmological spacesuit. So get that energy moving throughout the body. And if it's burnout, if you're truly exhausted, if you're feeling just frayed at the edges, Go deep into the body for restoration. Go deep into the mind for 
seclusion. Do what you need to do. Be alone. Read a book. Sit in the window. Stare at the sky. Do things that make you want to be in this moment. So instead of trying to run from the moment because we are not motivated in this one, maybe the next one will have motivation. Maybe the one after that. Fuck the motivation. You don't need to. Your needs are met. You are safe. There's nothing that's going to come and bash down the door because you didn't hit your 3 p.m. deadline or even self-imposed idea of what level of productive, productive output we should have. And I do want to throw in a quote from Mr. David Hawkins. Frustration results from exaggerating the importance of desires. We get frustrated when we have desires that are important to us. They are taking up a certain level of magnitude and prioritization, perceived prioritization in our mind and body. And when we amplify the importance of those desires, amplify the need to secure those, the need to create those, the need to acquire those, we also pass that energy on to us as pressure. So if there's a need to acquire that thing, then there's a need to be productive, in which case there's a need to be motivated in which case I need to get away from how I feel right now because this isn't motivational, this isn't good, this isn't something that inspires productivity. Mm. Fuck the productivity. Take a deep breath. You are enough. You are more than enough. What you've done is enough, what you're doing is enough. So surrender to not doing and allow yourself to settle into the moment. Now I'm going to stop rambling and I'm going to bring out some of the advice in this community because it's fantastic. Um, Lucrezia says, Hey Alex, I totally get you. It happens to me as well. What helps me most days is to go outside, maybe go for a little walk, like walking in nature and escaping people, noise and city life helps me a lot and listen to some music or a relaxing podcast. But other days I can't even force myself to step outside. And what I've learned and understood lately is that it's okay to accept these low energy days and proactively and consciously decide to re relax, to chill on Netflix and to take a day off. Pushing hard when you don't have the energy could be worse than accepting the situation and intentionally deciding to relax. Try to enjoy your decision and forgive yourself for not being productive for a day. You'll feel much better, or at least that's what works for me. Perfect advice. I have nothing to add to that. I love this. Um, Tripat says, Hey Alex, these days can really throw you off, especially when it seems that everything you do to rectify it isn't working. True that. Walking, moving my body, having a snack sometimes help me. Meditation is helpful even if it feels the ending was ruined by a fly. I learned that any amount of meditation, mindfulness, breathing techniques is helpful. Even if you cut it short or you can't focus on it, it isn't all a waste of time. It has helped. It is so easy to focus on the negative too, so try writing out or verbalizing a few things you are grateful for. Change your scenery, smell something citrusy, and if you really need to go and do it, scream. Fabulous. This is fabulous advice. I have goosebumps. Just Anyway, I'm going to get soppy in a second. I just love this. Also, the citrus tip there. Super powerful way to shift our state is to use our environment and that is utilizing these exogenous compounds these exogenous natural components exogenous meaning outside of the body endogenous meaning in the citrusy smell citrusy aroma is comprised of the terpene limonene d limonene 
Now, limonene is in citrus fruits, so the rinds of lemon and orange and lime. And what it does is bind to the 5-HT1A serotonin receptor, helping to uh, increase the circulating amount of serotonin. And it's a very light, volatile, fragile chemical. And so it enters our lungs and the receptors in our nose very easily. Changing your state can absolutely mean using your senses to feel your way back into the environment around you. I have an incense right here. I have terpenes over in the corner, my little deep calm terpene blend that I like to have before a podcast because I get stuck in overthinking sometimes. And so using these exogenous tools can really help to shift our state when it's not happening from within. I, again, giving yourself permission and forgiving yourself for uh, using things to make you feel better. There's no rules on this stuff. Nothing says that you have to come into this human experience and then stoically remain independent from all that is around you. Like, no, I, I won't use anything to change my state. Why? You are an amalgamation of everything that's around you, so... Stop giving yourself a hard time if you need to medicate. Uh, Steven says, hey, Alex, I have days like this also. What's helped me improve those days is not allowing myself to worry about how the bad the day is. Rely on the positive patterns you have created. Allow the day to unfold because sometimes worrying about how bad the day is can be worse than experiencing the day itself. Resistance. When we are resistant to those negative feelings, we perpetuate those feelings. Whatever we resist persists. Give yourself permission to feel low. Give yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling without even needing to label it as low, without even needing to label it as anything. Because the words we use do define the experience, which is going to influence the way that we relate to and experience what emerges moment to moment. Take away the idea of this being a low state, and it's just a state, an emergent state. Mm. All right. Laurel says, Alex, I resonate with you. And even as you said, when we are working on just accepting the day as it is, it still isn't fun. I hope that in the very least, even just taking the space to connect with others about how it's one of those days shifts some of that energy for you, or in the least, makes the experience a little less isolating. I know there isn't a magical answer, and what comes to mind for me when I think about those days is so simple. I kind of want to roll my eyes thinking about it, but I'll share it anyways. I've noticed that getting outside for a walk is something that can shift my energy. Sometimes only a little, but on those days, even a little is noticeable. I often complain about having to get out and walk my dog multiple times per day. He is a high-energy breed, and even though we have a lawn, he refuses to do his business on it, so it means lots of walking in the neighborhood. But if I'm being honest about it, those walks almost always have some level of benefit for myself. Also, I try to encourage myself to be open about the possibility of the day-changing course at some point. It might be a tough morning and an early afternoon, but sometimes something happens in the evening that turns it around, so you never know. Don't be tempted to write off the rest of the day just yet. See how it goes. Yes, we only have our days ruined when we say, well, that's ruined my day. doesn't have to ruin our day. Our day's good. Our day's fine. We're doing okay. Taking away the categorizations of it and the judgments of things, everything is maybe. 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 Chelsea says... 
On the days when I don't want to be human, I prioritize self-care and regulating my nervous system even more. So I'll take a cold shower. You start with warm and then finish with one to two minutes cold at the end. And this stimulates your vagus nerve, which will put you in a more calm and relaxed state. I'll do a quick stretch and yoga to move stagnant energy. And taking a walk helps me clear my mind and become more present as well. Sometimes we need a change of scenery and need to admire the sky. I know you said you have a lot of work to do, so being super gentle with yourself and doing what you can, making sure that you eat your meals so that you have the energy to finish your work. Sending you all the love. Compassion towards ourselves can be uncomfortable. And sometimes when we are experiencing great pain in the mind, that overstimulation, this the shouting that goes on, it can really help to look at pain and discomfort as something that is ultimately compassionate, that is ultimately caring. By engaging in compassionate discomfort in the body, like a cold shower, something that you would perceive as difficult, you can introduce a level of difficulty, self-induced difficulty, that makes a lot of that other stuff pale in comparison. It takes away its power of negativity over you and replaces it with empowerment. If you choose something challenging and difficult in your morning or when you feel low like that, you come away having taken that energy and moved it through your body, taken that energy and turned it into resilience rather than resistance. And that is powerful. You got that power. You got that power. Last one. Alexandra says, sending so much love to you, Alex. I had one of those mornings yesterday. Just wasn't quite feeling it when I woke up. I actually went for a walk and listened to Cameron's latest Q&A where he shared his morning routine formula. And I was reminded how important it is to get out of the mind and into the body first thing. Step outside first thing in the morning or at any point in the day when you can. Bonus, if you can move your body and stretch in the sun. It's so simple, but it's highly effective. Fuel the body, rest in the mind, and the rest will come soon. I hope you feel better. There we go. That's... That's what you can or cannot do on one of those days. A bit of surrender, a bit of discipline, but ultimately self-love and listening to what your body needs, asking yourself, hey, what needs aren't being met right now? What does the body want? What is the body telling me? Can I notice where it's arising and can I stretch that part out? Do I have tension in my neck? Am I bunching up my shoulders? Is stress consolidating itself somewhere? Can I move with that energy? Can I move that energy through me and come back to a place of gentle contentment? The motivation will come back. It's all temporary. So take care of yourself.